How's it, everyone? And welcome to this edition of the SA Crypto Podcast. Uh, in this edition, I'm interviewing Eugene Etzebeth, who has just been named the Chief Operating Officer of Ice Cubed X. Uh, a lot of people pronounce it Ice3X, but I have got confirmation from the CEO, Gareth Grobler, also the founder, that it is indeed Ice Cubed X, for those of you wondering. Um, so, Eugene Etzebeth, I first met him at the Global Blockchain Congress in Santon earlier this year, where he spoke about his work with the South African Reserve Bank. He headed up the virtual currency and distributed ledger technology team at the South African Reserve Bank. Uh, he also was a very successful uh, project manager at Cybrin Systems, um, who implement payment solutions across Africa, interlinking central banks and clearing houses, etc. So very, very knowledgeable in the financial space, specifically the fintech space. Uh, Eugene has incredible insights into not only the technological advances and the regulatory environment of crypto assets, but also the ideological perspective as well. So this was an incredibly insightful conversation. Uh, we had a coffee in Four Ways Joburg at uh, a little coffee shop there, and I really enjoyed my time with him. Eugene's an incredible guy, and we wish him well at Ice Cube Dex. So please enjoy this interview. It's a great one. Eugene Etzebeth. Eugene, welcome to the SA Crypto Podcast. Can you just give us a little insight into how a guy like you who's worked at the Reserve Bank got into crypto? Yeah, great. Thanks, James. Uh, well, I must admit, I was working at the Reserve Bank uh, looking after their settlement systems, where pretty much that's where all money, um, whether it's wholesale or retail payments, go through. So they have to be settled at the Reserve Bank. And I was, I was confronted by this sort of nascent technology called Bitcoin. And I realized there wasn't much technological uh, understanding, a lot, a lot of regulatory perspective. But So I immersed myself uh, uh, as an autodidact and, and read uh, profusely and, and started to get to understand the, the, base, the basics of, of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And then using that passion, because I'm a, a believer in, in cryptocurrency, is using that passion to sort of steer um, some of the, the the different departments in the Reserve Bank, and ultimately became the inaugural chair chairperson of the working group, and that was for virtual currencies and what they call distributed ledger technology. So yeah, that's using that um, that that sort of foothold in the Reserve Bank. I managed to you know spend a lot of time with the different areas in, in the Reserve Bank, like financial surveillance, which is for exchange control, financial markets department, where I try to uh, talk to them about Bitcoin as an asset class, and then even in national payments, where they're looking at it uh, you know, from a peer-to-peer payments perspective and, and trying to influence the legal aspects. Um, and then also bank supervision, where it's important where they license and audit banks. So, that, you know, uh, and I've just taken it from there and uh, I'm fully into the crypto space and in 1st of October I'll be moving to a new uh, cryptocurrency experience but we'll talk about that uh, another time. Now you are, you've explained to me that you're very much into the blockchain technology introduced by Bitcoin, you're a proponent of Bitcoin, would you call yourself a Bitcoin maximalist? That maximalist term comes with quite a few uh, 
uh, aggressive tweets and responses. Uh, but you know, if I if I look at myself, I wouldn't say I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I would say that I, I I've done a deep dive in all the technologies. Um, you know, some of the well, the top ten, let's just say, top ten cryptos, and a lot of them are copycats or alts, and you know, some of them are world computer type um, smart contracting mechanisms. So, but when I look at Bitcoin and its uh, its its white paper and what it purports to be and how it's actually playing out, uh, I would say that I believe that. Um, that Bitcoin is the most likely to to become a, a standard, um, you know, like like the Bitcoin standard uh, or like the gold standard, um, but just a digital format of that. So, a guy like yourself who clearly understands the concept of Bitcoin, understand that Bitcoin is is more than just the introducer of this blockchain technology. Bitcoin is at the moment very much the standard in the crypto asset world and on top of this understanding and and proponents of you've also been involved in the inner workings of the south african reserve bank and the regulatory system what is the what is the feel inside the regulatory system inside the the banking bureaucracy towards crypto assets well that's that one's a hard one to answer because you know I've, i left the reserve bank about a year and a half ago and they do have a fintech unit that's exploring a lot of these issues and they've just come up with um, a project to to try use distributed ledger technology what they call it for um for project coca on the settlement system and so i do think they're an exploratory uh, understanding perspective pulling together all banking stakeholders but i would say that if you want to watch as a, a beacon um, of what's to come. I would say look at what the, the main uh, financial institutions around the world are, like the Bank of International Settlements, FATF, which is the Financial Action Task Force, and and what's happening in some of the bigger jurisdictions like the US or Europe. And generally we would go with the same the same feeling as or, or guy, we'll get the same policy as, as those big uh, organizations or countries. So what you're saying is South Africa isn't necessarily a trailblazer. They stay in line with what is what standards are being set by some of the international uh, regulators. I think the nature of of how the G20 works and how um, all all the ministers and all the finance ministers all meet up and they discuss these issues at the highest level, and uh, there are. Um, there are different parts to the G20 uh, that respond to these to these requests. So that it all comes from a top down. So there's not often do you get uh, much movement away from the core, but maybe with countries uh, like China and Russia will will do their own thing. But uh, by and large, a lot of these other countries uh, fall into line. Do you feel like? countries that adopt crypto assets as a, as a class, um, as a, almost a financial ecosystem within, within their country's legislation, like Malta, like Isle of Man, do you think that they are going to set themselves apart or is it they're just too small to ever become real players in the regulatory space? No, James, I, I really believe we, 
we need to watch um, what's happening in this in the crypto asset space very closely. Companies like Binance uh, and other cryptocurrency exchanges, whether they're going for decentralized exchanges and and the like, and creating relationships with small uh, sovereign um, islands or nation states. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. Um, we already are to 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 jurisdictions actually uh, trying to attract and promote these new uh, crypto assets. So I believe there's a there's a big shakeup going, um, and I, th I think what we're going to see is is a lot of uh, jurisdictional arbitrage uh, happening in the next uh, three to five years. Let's move back to uh, Bitcoin itself and, and cryptocurrencies in general. What is your feeling about usage adoption or user adoption? Um, obviously, it's been very much just speculated on at the moment by your traders and investors. Is there a real use case for Bitcoin, for instance? If so, in your perspective, what is it and how is it going to be adopted more? Well, I, I see it. I see Bitcoin by and large being a, um, a store of value, almost like a, a gold standard, uh, so digital digital gold, and that we we as um, as or potentially as people who, who provide cryptocurrency services is to to open up very easy channels and and make it user friendly. So spend a lot of time on UI or roll out um, certain mechanisms or uh, processes where people can uh, easily um, attain or get hold of uh, crypto. So whether it's in an ATM or whether it's using cards or um, just getting uh, or agents like agency banking, just getting people to easily access it. They don't have to understand um, the intricacies of the system. Like most people don't understand how uh, what happens when you swipe a credit card and how um, money leaves your bank account you know these are things that that are being worked on a lot and uh, people need to start solving these problems and and then people will start acquiring these um, cryptocurrencies without much thought you've explained to me off mic that you are um, you've always been involved in in banking business and tech very very closely linked so fintech very much is is your game um, what advice would you have to developers right now people who understand tech developers coders those kind of people what would you advise young people right now who have almost their whole lives ahead of them what should they be doing with their time with their efforts with their careers well we we got such a an explosion of innovation happening right now and it's all based because we've got an open source platform where anyone however old you are from whichever country which whatever culture creed or disability or ability you know you'll be able to very get hold of information form part of um, so I would say definitely go and do a deep dive research the only criteria here is the ability to read and the ability to study and then to actually uh, go and play around with code, um, meet up with like-minded individuals who uh, but to have a have a go. Right, start writing code in your teens and um, 
try some business concepts because this is this is freely available uh, to everybody and uh, yeah I mean even even my young son he's using scratch junior to some extent and these these all these skills that you're gonna learn will will translate into the ability to actually rewrite uh, some of this uh, some of these things that have been very much um, closed behind closed doors are only available to to, to bankers and to central bankers and other institutions. Now that's all available. And so just get stuck in there. Uh, start um, writing about it. Start experimenting and, and writing code and, and meeting people online. And businesses, business owners, entrepreneurs could be listening to this. How can they use crypto or what should they be doing? Should can they be looking at integrating crypto into their business, integrating blockchain technology into their business, or should they just be at least keeping it on the radar? What would you advise any businessman at this current stage of, of early adoption of, of blockchain technology? Well, I think it's, it's like any innovation where the incumbents um, will try to use their uh, treasure chest uh, to try and combat it by either buying out smaller players or trying to do in a, getting innovation labs set up in the company. But I think the advantage is, 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 is by and large, is moved to, to the smaller player uh, where um, you can act in a, in a self-regulatory approach. So that, that's something that's important is to get, get to grips with the regulatory requirements. But I would say that to start a, a separate business um, to to just experiment and to build onto um, exist onto the framework. So there's, for instance, there's a Lightning Network, which is is very nascent at the moment, which is a payments layer two on top of Bitcoin. Is that that's those that's been in 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 mainnet now probably for or production for about six months, and those are those are green fields. So if you, if you can actually as a developer or as a business, uh, get early, early um, introduction into into um, to creating new products. I mean, we've everything's up for grabs at the moment. Custodial services, um, wallet services, payment and merchant type of services. Uh, it really is just up to each individual. And uh, just wrapping up. You talk a lot about this, this book, The Sovereign Individual by Lord Rees Mogg. Um, tell us why you like it so much. Give us an overview and why sh- someone should read it. Well, I, was, I read this, this book 20 years ago and it, it really opened up my mind. I think, you know, it, it, it was 20 years ago in South Africa and we, we still felt like a small, small country. But this just gave me an insight into what the internet was doing to our society and how eventually um, the freedom of, of information and the freedom of finance will will shape uh, the world and the future. So I would say that um, it's a great read. It is a very old book now, but it's, it, it gives you some sense of, of how people were thinking about how the internet would play out and you can see what, what worked and what didn't work. But the, the freedom and the thought processes that it gave me really allow me to to sense the importance of this crypto asset revolution.
Awesome. So certainly on my reading list, that's The Sovereign Individual by Lord Rees Mogg. Is that correct? Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading that right after the Bitcoin standard. Um, where can people find you on, on the socials? Twitter, so LinkedIn. So I'm at, at Etzebeth, uh, E-T-S-E-B-E-T-H. And I'm on LinkedIn. I think those are the best places. So on LinkedIn, someone just search Eugene Etzebeth, eh? Yeah. So there, there are two of us, but uh, I'm the better looking one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and you've got an exciting announcement which is coming. So go back to SA Crypto uh, in, in the next week or so. You should see the announcement um, where, where Eugene has a, a great new opportunity. And Eugene, we wish you all the best. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks. Thanks, James. And that's where we leave it for our interview with Eugene Etzebeth. At the time of recording, he wasn't allowed to disclose publicly where he was moving to. Um, But now, obviously, as uh, the press release has been announced, it is official. Eugene Etzebeth is now the new COO of Ice Cubed X. So we wish you well, Eugene. Thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to seeing what comes of uh, the role. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. We give you the latest in blockchain news from South Africa and around the world. We give you market updates. We give you tweets of the week, insights into uh, the market, what coins are doing well, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Sign up for it on the website, sacrypto.co.za. If you're not on our Telegram or WhatsApp channels, you can do that off our website as well. And you can get in touch with me direct at any time. All you got to do is reach out via email, james.preston at sacrypto.co.za if you have any questions at all. That's where we'll leave it for this edition. Catch you in the next edition on the SA Crypto Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.